0: dot com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is Mr. Rich Bauer, the CEO of Free Flow Wines. Hey, Rich, how are you, sir?
1: Good, Corey. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, man, it's my pleasure. I really appreciate your innovative packaging option for wine. It's something I've talked about a little bit in the past with an old friend of mine, Mr. Barry Salt. He was a big advocate for what you are offering. But first of all, <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about your background. Uh, where are you from in the industry and how would you end up here?
1: Well, I've been in wine for a little over 30 years, worked for some of the major players, well, some small wineries, and had just about every job you could imagine. <laughs> Sorry, I have to, every job you can imagine from, from logistics to purchasing to winemaking, seller operations, GM, CEO. So, in, in the course of 30 years, I've done all aspects of the wine industry.
0: I like to hear that when people earn their stripes and and get work their way up. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating industry. It's very complex. People don't really appreciate everything that goes into the bottle of wine the when they when they open it. But whether it's a vineyard specialist or a winemaking specialist or a marketing person who want different types of jobs in wine.
0: I agree. And having the privilege of seeing behind the scenes over the last 20 years has been really eye-opening for me. And I absolutely appreciate more than ever opening a bottle of wine or drinking a glass of wine, whichever form it comes in. Right. So tell us about Free Flow Wines. What do you guys see there?
1: So Free Flow Wines, we call ourselves a premier alternative sustainable packaging provider. the wine industry in the united states we don't have our own brands we work with hundreds of wineries to put their wine into cans into kegs and uh, really we think if you think about the key words of sustainability they are reduce reuse and recycle i guess we can start with recycling it'd be great you know if the united states would increase the amount of recycling it does it's actually better for the glass companies if you can increase the recycling because it's more energy efficient to make a new bottle out of old bottles than it is from raw materials and the u.s is a little behind where it could be in terms of how many bottles actually get them cans get recycled a little bit higher rate and so we do put wine into aluminum cans kegs are clearly in the reuse standpoint you put wine into a stainless steel keg the same sorts of kegs that you'd use for beer and you can reuse those kegs for 30 40 years so they just don't run out and so that's really what we focus on is you know, our, our motto is we're saving the world one keg at a time by reducing <laughs> the carbon footprint of the wines. Really, you know, there's a lot of things you could do with a bottle. You could lightweight the bottles. We were talking earlier about Australia. And one thing that Australia did the United States hasn't done is it standardized a lot of the industry around the same types of Cabernet bottles, the same types of Chardonnay bottles, and got those lighter weight bottles. The United States marketing is still using a lot of heavyweight bottles. Yeah. Um, which doesn't mean anything about the quality of the wine. And yeah. is not very good for the environment because the biggest item in the carbon footprint of the wine is not the liquid. It's not the farming or the processing. It's actually the packaging. And so if, if you can encourage people to, to go to lighter weight bottles, that'd be great. You know, our solution is a reusable container that you empty the keg and then you clean up and fill it with somebody else's wine and you reuse the same keg like you would for a beer
0: keg. Excellent. Are there different kinds of kegs for different kinds of wine, or are they all the same?
1: No, they're all the same. It's a 19 and a half liter, 20 liter roughly, five-gallon keg. And it's got some, some good benefits. I mean, the wine quality is great because you don't have any risk of cork taint. You don't have any risk of oxidation. And, and it also reduces the amount of waste. One of the challenges that a restaurant's got is if they're pouring wine by the glass out of a bottle, and they get down to the last quarter of the bottle. They have to ask themselves, are we going to seal this and put some natural gas on it and hope somebody orders it tomorrow morning? Or does that last quarter go home with the wait staff or get poured down? (laughs) And so one (laughs) of the reasons restaurants like kegs, whether it's for beer or wine, is the economics are better. Less labor for the bar staff. They're not opening bottles and dealing with empty bottles. And the product is good from the first glass to the last glass. They don't have to worry about, you know, when there's a quarter of the keg left, they're pushing it with nitrogen. So the wine continues to be good and fresh from the first glass of the last glass out of the keg.
0: Excellent. Definitely a longer shelf life once you've opened the container. And yeah, that's they- right.
1: At, at the winery, we store the wine in uprights. And everyone thinks about the romance of being an oak barrel. But right. most of the time at the winery, the wine's in the upright stainless steel tank. And yeah. a keg is just a smaller version of an upright stainless steel tank. Right. So it's perfectly, as long as you're putting in nitrogen, it's perfectly stable in there for years, really.
0: Yeah. One of the things that uh, I spoke with Scott DeFife, the head of the North American Glass Recycling Institute, yeah. and he was talking about how, you're right, glass recycling rates are <clears throat> only about 40% where they their goal is to get them to 50% really soon. And they're, they're making some progress, so things are changing for the better. But he said that the reason a lot of vineyards like glass bottles is because it won't affect the flavor of the wine. Right. Have you found that to be the same with stainless steel?
1: Yeah, there is no imparting of the flavor. I mean, we do. We did work early on. The company's been around for about 11 years. And we did work early on to make sure that two elements of the keg dispensing system, and it's the same type of kegerator you use for beer, mm-hmm. that the, the, you use high quality tubing. Yeah. You don't want to use non-pressurized tubing or you could impart some flavor. And then stainless steel, you want a higher grade of stainless steel. You don't want other elements like nickel or something else in any metal that comes into contact with the liquid. But as long as somebody uses a high grade of stainless steel, there'll be no no flavors imparted into the wine.
0: I yeah, <clears throat> I understand, my understanding is that this has been done in Europe for many years. Is that true?
1: It is done in Europe. Again, sadly, it's a lot of plastic bags in Europe. Oh, interesting. And it's hard to recycle large plastic
0: kegs. There is
1: nowhere in North America at this time to recycle mm-hmm. a large plastic PET keg. And so, you know, it's it's a decent mechanism for hooking up and dispensing by tap, but, but the recycling of those larger PET containers is difficult.
0: And they don't get reused?
1: No, for the most part they don't. Oh, they have to disassemble them and send the different components to different streams. And most bars at the end of the night aren't gonna have the time for that. They're just putting them <laughs> getting ready for the next day.
0: Get them outside in the pile of the other kegs that are going back to the, the breweries or wineries, so.
1: Yeah. No, that's right, and and your earlier point about getting those recycling rates up is really what's critical. You yeah. know, it's it's, uh, it's if every county and municipality had recycling collection, you're in Portland, they do a great job of recycling in Portland, but yeah. not every city does it, and, and then keeping those waste streams clean so that the bottles can be recycled would, would help, the, help the environment tremendously.
0: Yeah, my friend Ryan Smith is the CEO of Recyclops and they're working hard to fill in where municipalities are failing on recycling glass in particular is one of his things that he, he's just passionate about, you know, And he should
1: be because, you know, in theory, glass is infinitely recyclable. You can melt that bottle down a hundred times and reform it. And every time it's equally good bottle, Um, there's no reason that, that they shouldn't be recycled in greater rates.
0: Yep. So, could a consumer like me, you know, if I let's assume I am a heavy wine drinker and I, I just love my Chardonnay, could yeah. I could I buy a, a keg of wine? Is that possible?
1: Well, so let's talk about a couple of things there. I mean, the first thing you should do is when you buy wine, ask for lightweight bottles whenever possible. Right. But, it, but if you wanted to ask for wine on tap, it's a lot like when I go into a bar. I'll oftentimes ask what's in the bottle, what's in the can, and what's on tap. So people can ask their restaurant or hotel, you know, what wines do you have on tap? We do have individuals who have home kegs of wine, likes people sometimes have home kegs. If you'd have to like a lot of wine to be drinking a keg, I mean, <laughs> a, a keg is 26 bottles, even a small keg like ours wow. is, is 26 bottles. So you're going to hook it up and drink 26 consecutive bottles of the same wine. Uh, great little <laughs> party mug. yeah you yeah. got some people over uh yeah. in the post covid days but yeah i would encourage you people to uh, to you know go to your favorite restaurant and ask them if they have wine on tap available or, or or the wineries and see what they do there and if people wanted to see where you can go to one of our websites try wine on tap and it'll tell you in your area your zip code what are some of the restaurants and bars and hotels that currently have wine on tap hookups and available so you can try it
0: that's excellent. Is it the same mechanism and system as beer?
1: It's the same mechanism. Some beers are pushed with carbon dioxide in order to push the liquid out. And that works for something like a Budweiser. They, a lot of restaurants also have nitrogen gas. They call it Guinness gas for the yeah. nitrogen beers. And that's what we push wine with because we don't want to carbonate the cabernet. So the right. restaurant is the same hookup and the same uh, valving system. But you want to push with the nitrogen gas rather than the carbon dioxide.
0: That's excellent. Have you seen some significant growth in this market for wine cakes?
1: Yeah, we grew at least 50% per year for eight consecutive years. Wow. Up until <laughs> uh, up until COVID. Sure. And then the bars and restaurants and hotels and airport lounges were closed. And that's really the key for us is a venue that goes through a lot of wine. I mean, if you think about not only restaurants, but country clubs or Airport lounges, or hotels, or concert venues, or those sorts of places that go through a lot of wine—that's a great place to put it in. A lot of those places were closed during the COVID pandemic, but now you know we're in the middle of summer and there's outdoor concerts and wedding halls. Um, those yeah. sorts of things—you know—you're gonna you're gonna have to open up, you know, 30 bottles of wine and hope you get the red, white, sparkling mix right, or <laughs> three taps there, and you right. can get taps on mobile carts so they could go from place to place, like at a concert or outdoors. So now we're back to growth mode. We wanna get back into growing the same sort of rates we were growing beforehand. If you think about the wine industry, it's huge. I mean, yeah. the wine business is $65 billion in the U.S. It's wow. 340 million nine liter cases, which is about four and a half billion 750 milliliter bottles. Uh, You know, we are currently a fraction of 1%. Uh, (laughs) Really, the only thing we're going to capture, we're never going to replace the bottle. The bottle is kind of iconic in the wine industry for your home home consumption. Few people are going to want the keg as we were talking about earlier. They're going to want bottles. And even restaurants, sometimes you want to have a bottle on that white tablecloth. But there's also times where you sit down with four of your friends and you each want to have one glass and you don't want to have the same glass. And it's not wine by the glass portion of the market, which is still 20% of the market, you know, mm-hmm. which is, which is still, you know, hundreds of millions of bottles that yep. we have a lot of room to grow because it's a better way of dispensing wine by the glass.
0: And you mentioned cans as well. That's, that's a very popular alternative these days.
1: Yeah, we do put wine in cans again for about a hundred different brands yep. uh, and and you see it in unexpected places. I mean, it's great for <laughs> ballparks or going to the beach. The new one we're seeing it is the airline. The airlines are starting to take the bottles off the cart and yep. with the little cans, they can put them in the same cart as the diet Pepsi, diet Coke, and, the, and the, yep. the water and just have the tray and give you your Chardonnay, your Cabernet. So lighter weight for the air, how much the lift the airlines has got to provide. So, yeah.
0: Well, that's an interesting point. This is a, a cost savings for freight and a space savings for storage. As well. It's a cost
1: savings for freight and the space and storage for the distributors. You right. can fit, fit more liquid in kegs on a truck, or you can fit more cases of cans and you can cases of wine because they weigh less than the glass. And then they're stored much more densely in air-conditioned warehouses. So yeah, there's there's a lot of supply chain benefits out there in terms of savings in addition to reducing the amount of liquid waste and less labor at the bar. There's also a lot of outbound freight savings for the wineries and
0: distributors. Does the winery that bought the keg for packaging, do they mark it like when, when a brewery makes a keg of beer, they put a collar on it yeah, same and thing. same thing. Okay. So they're marking what, what the flavor is, what the year is, what, you know, for most part,
1: they don't buy the steel keg. Okay. They're, they're renting the keg from us like breweries might rent from Microstar.
0: Gotcha. You know, if you're big, Budweiser, you can
1: afford your own keg fleet. If you're a small right. independent brewer and you're not just distributing locally, you might lease from from the kegs from somebody like Microstar. So we would be leasing the kegs to all sorts of wine branded companies. And you're right; they they put onto the collar. It's 2021 Chardonnay from Sonoma, and that's really the, There's also a barcode which identifies the keg and tracks it across the country, so we know when it was cleaned
0: when it shipped to Dallas, what data came back. That's excellent. How long have you guys been in business? You said eight years?
1: 11 years. 11, 11 years, um, wow. Yeah, the founder was a gentleman named Jordan Kittelstad had a real vision for a better way of doing line by the glass. Jordan's still on our board. I've been with the, the company for about four years.
0: Excellent. Well, it sounds like a, a great option and a really cool idea. How do people get in touch with you, Rich, if, when they're ready to, to place an order?
1: Well, again, if you're a consumer, try go to Try Wine on Tap, and you'll find some restaurants or bars serving your area. If you're a winery, they probably know who we are, but the website's freeflowwine.com. It's a pretty small industry. People know each other. So, um, uh, you know, people have a pretty good idea who we are, especially on the West Coast. We also, I mean, it's surprising. We also do a lot of imported wines. So people will ship, for example, Italian or French wine in bulk into the East Coast. And then okay. we have another filling location in New Jersey to fill those, keg- rather than shipping the bulk wine all across the country, filling the keg and shipping it back to New York or Boston. We just fill kegs there in, in New Jersey and distribute the kegs from there. So anything we can do to reduce the freight and the total delivery cost is good.
0: That's a huge carbon footprint reduction. That's excellent. Uh-
1: yeah, we, we keep track on our website about how many pounds of waste and carbon reduction has gone on. We're about 40 million pounds of waste out of the with this company. So it's, it's really uh, nice to talk about and something a little different. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you, sir. I really appreciate your time on the show. And I'd like to thank Landsberg Aurora for sponsoring this episode. And if you're listening, please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks again, Rich. Appreciate thank it. Thank you, Corey. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. This episode is sponsored by SpecRite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive, Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specritecom book, that's S-P-E-C, R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.